0: Track Smack with Don Hall. SmackCast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Track Smack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Today's show is called the SmackCast edition and we are going to feature what happened in the Quaker State 400 at Kentucky Speedway. This past Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series visited Kentucky Speedway and rookie Cole Custer pulled off a four-wide pass for the lead on the final lap to earn the victory. He was the first rookie to win in NASCAR's Premier Series in four years. Custer, who started fifth on the restart with two laps to go, made his way forward, daring to go high on the track to the outside of a three-wide challenge for the lead among Martin Trux Jr., Ryan Blaney, and Kevin Harvick. The 22-year-old driver, talking about Custer, he held the high line and was able to get around the three veterans, ultimately holding off the 2017 series champion Truex, who was a two-time former Kentucky winner, by a mere .27 seconds to earn the victory. Matty D, Harvick, and 2019 Kentucky winner Kurt Busch finished third, fourth, and fifth. Blaney, along with rookie Christopher Bell, Eric Amarola, and Brad Keselowski, and rookie Tyler Reddick rounded out the top ten. It was the first time in NASCAR's history that three rookies have finished in the top ten in a race. Now on today's SmackCast edition, I have the post-race interviews with Clint Boyer, Matty D, Martin Trex Jr., winning crew chief Mike Shiplett, and race winner cole custer first up we're going to hear from clint boyer here's what clint had to say clint do you copy
1: hey i got you now you, you okay. have me? You i have do me? have you now
2: yep i can hear you now okay good deal so uh just tell us about your thoughts as you're getting ready to head into uh, bristol motor speedway on wednesday night for the all-star race how exciting is that going to be uh
1: yeah, man. All-Star Race, $1 million. <laughs>
2: Say it with me,
1: man. $1 million. You know, um, selfishly, I'm dreaming this opportunity for a long time. By opportunity, I certainly don't mean the COVID. I mean the opportunity to get this All-Star Race uh, to Bristol. I thought it was a perfect fit for the All-Star format and certainly uh, get there and see it all go down. <laughs>
2: good deal well, we're going to open the floor up for questions if you have a question for clint just go ahead and raise your hand and the participants queue we'll get we'll get to you we're going to start with jeff gluck go ahead with your question jeff
3: Clint, i'm wondering how you think the choose rule is going to go do you think there, it's going to go smoothly or are there going to be hiccups as people figure it out how do you see that all unfolding
1: some reason you guys got me Hello. All right. yep we hear you now sorry Do you want me to ask again yeah, I didn't hear anything. thing he said.
3: Jeff? How, how, do you, how do you think the choose cone or the choose rule is going to go? Uh, is it going to go smoothly or are there going to be problems with it uh, trying it for the first time?
1: Yeah. Uh, is that Gluck? Yep. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, there you are. Um, you know, I think uh, just like anything, I think, um, you know, it's bound to uh, – to have an issue or two something blow up something happen that you just can't simply uh you know foresee um ahead of time we've had some dialogue of, of things that uh, you know i've talked to nascar i mean obviously having late malls that race all across the country as they travel across the country they travel and run and you know if they roll into a certain track they'll implement their rules uh a lot of times to to you know upheld uh you know, the locals and attract those guys because you need them for car count and put the show on. So I've seen it go good and I've seen it go bad. Honestly, I, um, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't want that to be the focal point going into Bristol. It can't just be the cone rule. I think you hear drivers talk about it and, and I fear, um, like I do a lot of times, I don't want to oversell it. Can it make an impact? Absolutely. But if you oversell it, it'll never uh, hold up to, to uh, the expectations of, of what people are, are expecting out of that. Um, you know, for the most part, I don't see that it probably will make a difference past, uh, you know, a few rows. Um, you know, I just don't see, you know, people giving up two or three spots to stay on the outside, Uh, you know, possibly if you were on old tires or something like that, that's where an opportunity like that comes in. Um, You know, I mean, just look at this weekend in Kentucky. I think it's a prime example. I called both of those Xfinity races and had it been, you know, a rule put in place, some of those guys, you know, maybe starting second, maybe would have chose to start the outside. It really wasn't that second place car, that inside car on the front row. If you go back and look at it, fifth place was the one that certainly um, couldn't get up and and get in line and get in the the train. So um, can it work? Yes. Uh, Do I fear that it's oversold?
2: A little bit. Thank you. Yeah. Our next question will come from Randy Kovitz of the Kansas City Star. Go ahead, Randy.
4: Can you hear me? Yeah man, I got you. Okay. Hey, um I'm gonna look forward obviously to Kansas, being that we got a short week next week and everything. Um Clint, how how different is this gonna be? Uh coming home to no fans and can you even see family? Uh go to Emporia, just what's the day in the life gonna be for Clint Boyer in Kansas next week or in two weeks?
1: I think normal is shot for the most part for about everybody, you know, since this COVID anyway, Randy, um, certainly going back home. It's not going to feel like home. No, I can't go and, and, you know, have dinner with, with 20 people. Like I've I've been accustomed to when I go back, uh, you know, have family, friends, um, you know, people that have followed my career tailgating in the infield, go have a beer with them or, or whatever the case may be. You're just not going to be able to do that this time around. Um, so, no, it's it's not, not going to be the same. Um, it's still home. It's still a lot of pride in running and racing in the, uh, you know, the Cup Series of NASCAR at, at home at Kansas Speedway. that means so much to you. There's That pride is still there. Um, but it's going to be different this time around. It's just like it has been everywhere else.
4: So, uh, mom and pops, are they in Charlotte or are they here or just just where is everybody? great question
1: randy i think they've been all over the place believe it or not uh they were over here camping with some friends that they met uh at kentucky you know a few years back um the old man found a campground down the road by uh, belterra the casino met a couple over there and and they've been in contact they came to nashville to uh, to the banquet and hung out with one another they've been over here for the last couple of weeks at that same campground so you know, that's what racing's all about is, is meeting people, and, and um, you know, sometimes it, those relationships are what'll take you, you know, the rest of your life. Um, you know, that's what you can take with you when you leave this thing. But I think that's a prime example of, of uh, you know, what traveling and being on the road all these years does for you is, is um, you know, creates those opportunities and those relationships that you meet over the years and, and you cherish those, um, you know, in times like this. I mean, everybody's when- longing. Everybody's longing for something to do in this, and, um, you know, I mean, we were talking about as a family after, after the all-star race here, trying to find a campground over in the mountains somewhere and just camp in a, in a bus for a couple of days just to try something new, not to be, you know, quarantined at the house. Um, you can't find one, man. There's not a campground in sight.
4: But will your folks be in Emporia when you're here, or are they just – where will they be?
1: That's a good question, Randy, they, uh, you know, back and forth. I probably now that the fans won't be there, I I would say that that my family won't be there. So no reason for them to be there. You know, they, they stay pretty close to them grandkids.
4: Okay. Thank you. Well, one more thing I got you. Uh, Just the season itself. I mean, it's been a a lot of close, but no cigars and you're halfway through this one year deal with uh, Stuart Haas with a, a young Xfinity uh, driver breathing down your neck in their organization, just how do you feel right now?
1: Yeah, I don't really see that as a as an issue. It's just, uh, man, it's hard, you know, trying to learn uh, one another in, in this, you know, format with no practice or anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it's just weird. It feels like you ought to have an asterisk with behind every finish because it's like, well, I mean, yeah, we'd have, uh, we, if we'd have had practice, we'd have had a little bit different run there. We'd have had a different setup in the car and, and, you know, wouldn't encounter those problems. I mean, those are all things that not having that that chance to communicate and work with one another that you just don't have, have uh, for you know, take for granted right now. I mean, it's it's the same for everybody. You've got to, uh, you've got to unload well. You know, you can't uh, – my teammate Kevin Harvick says all the time, you can't drive a slow car fast. Um, we've had fast race cars. We've led laps. Um Kind of snake bit right now, you know. I, I hate the word bad luck, but I mean, last weekend, seventh place, pretty much locked up with twenty one to go. Caution comes out, we pit two laps later. Caution comes out, rest is history. Lap down, seventeenth on old tires, you're you're screwed. It's uh, it's just the way it is right now. But you know, I've been racing long enough to know that it'll flip, and and those those runs will come back. Got some good tracks for us coming up. Got to get through Kentucky here. This is going to be a struggle. Uh, Xfinity was, um, you know, was was a bear for those guys watching, uh, you know, calling both of those races. Those guys have their hands full. So, um, you know, looking forward to the challenge tonight and and getting a good run here and, and, you know, getting a set up. We need a good run. We need a confidence booster. You know, my crew um johnny costmeyer everybody they do a great job they work their butts off it's hard to showcase how hard they're working right now without the practices without the qualifying just showing up and racing um you know you have your toe and and you don't get that run that you deserve prime example would been last weekend at indy
2: our next question will come from jordan bianchi go ahead with the question jordan
3: hey clint um other professional sports leagues the mls um uh and nba even formula one are testing its drivers and participants you know every week when they come to the to the venue or wherever um would you like to see nascar start testing its drivers and crew members every week before they come into the track
1: i think we do i think we do a good job of that i think uh you know i certainly feel safe i feel like um you know narrowing down the amount of people that come into this garage area the teams everybody we're a family man we've, we've said this time and time again um if any, any organization or any uh, sanction uh, was to be ready for a challenge like this, I knew it would be NASCAR. Um, we're a group that, that travels together, takes care of one another, and and looks after one another, and, and uh, everybody knows everybody, you know. And, and there's – in a time like this where you've really got to hunker down and watch each other's back, we do a good job of that. Um, and I think it shows, you know we what how many races are we in now i mean you know we've we've had several races um you know where where other sanction bodies and maybe have one or two and and we have a you know i think a, only one instance where you know jimmy was was out and, and that was uh you know confusion um i don't i don't see the problem and i think we're doing a good job i feel safe at the racetrack uh, i know my peers do as well and and you know uh you know if if uh if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, and, and I feel like that's a, a good example of, of what we have going on. I think we're doing a good job with it.
2: Our next question will come from Jeff Magalichetti. Go ahead with your question, Jeff. Hi, Clint. Thanks for joining us today. You recently
5: wrapped up a second season in the booth over at Box Sports. And could you just talk about this season in the booth for you and how great it was? Because it's been such an unusual process, you know, starting off with the iRacing and then calling the Xfinity races. How great was this season in the booth for you, especially with so many rave reviews on social media?
1: I don't really know about the rave reviews, but it just had a lot of fun. You know, I enjoy it. I enjoy this sport. I love this sport. Um, I'm proud of this sport, proud to be a part of this sport. And it's, it's always been fun for me over the years to, to sell this sport to a fan or, or a perspective or, or whatever the case may be. Um, having that, that uh, you know, access to be able to reach a fan in a different way. I mean, you, over the years, I've just went out to the infield and uh, interacted with fans and, and got to know them and, and tell our story. Um, you know, having, having Fox Sports reach out and ask uh, that we do that has is, is been a breath of fresh air for me. The iRacing thing was a great opportunity to uh, to do two things. I had um, have had for a long time a partnership with iRacing. I appreciate, um, you know, them and, and uh, being able to rise to the occasion. I mean, what a wonderful thing that landed in the world of, of NASCAR and motorsports' lap. Uh, it was almost as if it was – Built and prepared for this pandemic. Uh, without it, I don't honestly know that NASCAR survives. Um, you know, and to be able to turn the switch back on after after we did, um, bridging that gap, keeping our sponsors uh, in the limelight uh, under ratings that are that are competitive with any sport was phenomenal for all of us in, in the world of motorsports and in particular NASCAR. Um, And then Fox for taking that uh, risk. You know, Eric Shanks called us, uh, Jeff and I, and and asked uh, if we'd be a part of it. And I was like, that's a no-brainer. It goes without saying, absolutely. Um, And then, uh, you know, them taking that chance and, and, you know, doing this for us was, was ultimately, honestly, in my opinion the reason that we're able to come back uh, in the way we are. And, and furthermore, the way we call these races. I mean, it just goes, there's so many layers to it. Um, what they learned in that racing, you know, how we were calling those races from the studio safely, um, you know, social distancing and all the things, you know, you can't, you can't have one, you know, missing link in the chain or it all has to, to be together. You can't have somebody show up uh, sick. It'll ruin the whole thing. Um, so, you know, the format in which we, we call those races is exactly how we're calling these races or they're calling these races, uh, whether it's Xfinity or Cup or Trucks for that matter. So um, tremendous amount was learned with this, uh, you know, call it a, a mishap, but I call it an opportunity in a lot of things. A lot of things that you're seeing right now, um, the all-star race. You know, look at all the things that are opportunities, things that we've wanted to do with our sport for a long time, opportunities um, that we wouldn't have been able to take, uh, maybe at the Courage or maybe business. There's a lot of reasons that we wouldn't have been able to go to those measures that we were able to because of COVID.
2: Our final question will come from Alex and Drev. Go ahead with your question, Alex.
6: Hey, Clint. Thanks for your time. Um, I actually I have two quick questions if I can. My first one sort of following up on Jordan's question. I know there was a memo sent out to NASCAR teams about, Um, reminding them of COVID testing. And so I'm I'm wondering if you think that as the season's gone on, if if there's been sort of like a loosening or, you know, just how teams are handling um, the protocols that are in place, do you feel like it's getting harder to follow them?
7: I don't
1: think it's getting harder to follow them whatsoever. I think everybody needs a a reminder. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're at the racetrack or at home or anything else, it's easy. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's life to, to get lax with things. You always need opportunities, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, our reminders, I mean, not, not opportunities, but um, certainly then coming out with a memo is just nothing more than an opportunity. Again, I feel hundred percent safe in here. We're a family that travels together, have for a long time. We look after one another and, and I think uh, our track uh, record is, is, proving itself. We're the only ones that have been doing this for, you know, 10 plus races. I mean, there's just some other, sanctions that are trying to start back up and make no mistake they're starting back up following the lead of NASCAR and the job that we've done so um you know has there been instances where we have to learn and and you know Bob and Weave absolutely but show me anywhere in this COVID deal there's there's no handbook that comes with it you've got to create it you've got to learn from your mistakes quickly and put them to use and certainly we've done that with NASCAR
6: thank you and then my my next question is just about the 14 team and sort of where you are right now in points, what's kind of the, the team strategy looking at? It? Are you going more for stage points, a race win? Um, what, what's your thinking with these 10 regular season races, left?
1: I mean, aside from the obvious of winning the race each and every week, it's right now getting back in this damn 12th place. Gosh, it's been tough. The last four, well, since Talladega um, was in 12th. Would have been just fine. I mean, a prime example, just look at my teammate, Eric Amarola and, and myself. Um, he was 13th. I was 12th in in Talladega. Uh, I got wrecked on the last lap. He finished third. He went, I think, by one point, which I was like, nah, no big deal. We'll race it out, and who knows? I mean, we were within striking distance of other people as well. He sat on the pole the next week, won two stages, put 50 points on me in three races where we've been starting 21st, 22nd, or worse, and struggling and starting, you know, digging yourself out of a hole um just the difference in that one spot and that one particular race it's a wild card race of talladega um you know no excuses or anything else it's just a prime example of how quickly things can change in this world so it can obviously that shoe could be on the other foot and it will be um we got to make up but the biggest thing is we got to get back in that top 12 we're going to continue to go down this uh you know drawing position because (laughs) those guys since then they've been on fire i don't know who's drawing for them but they're in the top five every week and we've been on the back half of the 13 to whatever it is. So we got to get back in that 12th place. That's item number one here at Kentucky. We do that. We start knocking down uh, solid finishes. And what I have always said, you know, settle into those single digit finishes and the rest will take care of itself.
2: Well, Clint, thanks again for taking the time to join us saying good luck today, Kentucky. Thanks buddy. Take care.
0: Next up, we're going to hear from third place finisher, Matty D. Here's what Matt had to say. Ooh. Do I need mask on for this?
6: Okay. Uh,
8: Yep. Hey, I got you guys.
6: All right. Well, welcome. We're going to get started with today's Quaker State 400 uh, post-race press conferences. Uh, We are joined by Matt Benedetto. Matt, why don't you just take us through your run there at the end?
9: Oh,
8: man. It was – there was no lack of excitement, <laughs> so uh, this was a big race for us driving the Menards and Quaker State Ford Mustang. And obviously, as you can see, it was the Quaker State 400, so it's pretty important. Um, but uh, we had a really, really fast car all day. I mean, it was flying, and we just made tiny adjustments. And um, the way the pit cycle stuff worked out, at the end, uh, we got trapped. Us and some others got trapped a lap down, and then we got jammed up behind the 96. Um, on that restart we were way back in the teens I was already mad we get jammed up it wasn't his fault just the way the restart worked out so uh, I think uh, we if I'm correct we went from 18th to uh, third in the last like seven laps we made a monstrous restart my spotter Doug Campbell deserves a lot of credit um, for helping me and we went around most of the field on the outside and made a power move so uh, credit to him and, and the team Wood Brothers for giving me a super fast car and I thank goodness We came back to a third because I was in a really bad mood with about seven laps to go.
6: (laughs) All right. We're going to open up to questions. If you have a question, go to the participants tab in zoom and raise your hand. We are going to start off with Bob Poppers.
10: Yeah, Matt, I kind of assume you probably haven't raced with Cole all that much since you haven't been in the Xfinity series in a few years. I mean, did you kind of know what he was able to do and what he was going to do in those last few laps? Uh, yeah you know he's Cole's always a smart
8: racer and he's one of those those guys even though he's a rookie he uh, doesn't make silly moves he puts himself usually in pretty good spots so uh, when we restarted, we had been making, you know, we made a pretty big power move on the restart before that. Um, I got a good restart and I was curious basically what he was going to do. And when he pulled to the top, I was like, yeah, that was a, that was a good move right there. And uh, I just decided to uh, to shove him. Since I couldn't go around him on the outside, I was like, time to push the heck out of him and uh, see how far we can shove him up there and, and helped him to uh, get to the win." So I, I joked with him and, and told him he owes me a hundred bucks after.
10: <laughs> but he, no, he did a great job. I'm really proud of him. And, I mean, just how close did you feel like everybody was coming to just everybody in that lead group wadding it up because it looked like Blaney was bouncing off Keselowski, was bouncing off Harvick? Oh, man, I I was just, uh, it's
8: one of those situations where you just hope and pray for the best and hang on. Uh, And and the, the good thing is, is I was in such a bad mood. Um, because we had lost all our track position and we had such a fast car and we were back in all the mess. I was so mad. So sometimes it pays off to be that angry when you're coming down to those last restarts because you guys see how insanely wild the restarts are. So when you're really pissed off, they kind of work out sometimes where you're just like, screw it. I'm sending off in there or when Cole Custer is in front of me, I'm like, he better hang on for dear life because I'm shoving him and he hope he can hang on and he did. So uh, I worked out. I'm in a better mood now, obviously. I'm glad we finished third and got the team. Team, the run they deserve for how great of a race car we had. It was really fast. Thank you.
6: Next, we're going to go to Stephen Connolly from PRN.
7: Congratulations, Matt. Um, I have to wonder what's with today being one of the first races in quite uh, many years at Kentucky that you've run during the day. How different was today's race and the way that the track changed compared to last year's night race?
8: Yeah, uh, I personally liked the uh, the day race. I'm a little bit better. Just because it, uh, when it's a little warmer and you got a little sun on the track, it kind of makes it where you uh, have to lift out of the gas a little bit more. Um, not much. We're in the gas most of the way around here, not lifting a whole lot. So the dirty air situation stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I like the day race better just for that sake. And this this track's getting a little more character um, each year we come back here because obviously the weather can be harsh on the surface, which is good. That's uh, what we like as drivers. Thank
11: you.
6: Next, we're going to go to Jeff Magliocchetti.
8: Hi, Matt. Congratulations
5: today. Kentucky wasn't exactly one of your best tracks on this circuit, but how much of a momentum boost can a third-place finish be as you traverse through the second half of the regular season?
8: Yeah, you know, the way that I look at it is um, we had a lot to work on as a team. We're a new group working together this year, and we've been building. We've had a lot of speed at most everywhere we've went, but we've you know had to work on our execution, our communication, because we're a new group of people working together, things like that. Um, and when you look at lately – Pocono, both races, we were fast up front all day. Indy, we were fast up front all day um, and executing. And then we come here to this track, uh, you know, which historically hasn't been good for me results wise but nothing as far as like driving the track that I had any concerns about we just I just never had a real a race car that was as insanely fast as our Mustang was today so that's really all it was so it's all uh, the the team my crew chief Greg and our engineers really are the ones that deserve the credit for us going so fast today and having that good of a car because think of it, no practice, nothing, and all we adjusted today was like tiny, tiny air pressure adjustments, so when you start that close, and you have that good of a race car, and that good of a team around you, it makes my job a lot easier.
6: Next, we're going to go to Jim Utter. Hey, Matt, I just had a
12: question for you. Uh, This Wednesday's All-Star Race, you guys have shown, as you've been talking about, a lot of speed this season. How much are you looking forward to the opportunity to try to race your way in, and what do you Expect sort of in general, or do you have any idea what to expect with an all-star race at Bristol?
8: Well, uh, obviously, I'm pretty glad that it's at Bristol. <laughs> I think it's cool; it's a cool change. I'm a little biased, though. I'm probably a bad one to ask about that because I love Bristol uh, so much—one of my favorite tracks. But I think it's cool. I'm excited to have the opportunity to race our way in. Um, I, I know the fan vote is is important too, and people have been voting, which we appreciate a lot as a team. Um, but you know. Just you guys see how fast our cars are, and it makes it so fun driving these things. And we're really getting in a groove as a team now. I finally feel it clicking uh, real well. So I'm looking forward to going to the All-Star Race. Obviously, having it at Bristol, one of my best and favorite tracks. Uh, we had a pretty good car there uh, when we just raced there not long ago. So I'm looking forward to uh, – I think we can – if we get a good starting spot, have some track position, I, I really feel like we can race our way in and be fast.
12: And just to, uh, on your performance so far this uh, season – has your confidence ever been higher right now running as well as you have in Bass cars? Uh,
8: no, never. I've never been this comfortable and this confident. And what does that, though, is, is, is my team. Uh, having, driving this 21 car for the Wood Brothers um, and having such a good team and great people around you. I mean, firing off the race with no practice and being like, yeah, it's pretty good. Don't really touch it. You know, tiny air pressure. I mean, that's amazing to have that good of people Uh, here and having our alliance with team Penske uh, has help and support from them and all the support from Ford. I mean, that's what does it. And so uh, that's what makes my confidence so high because I'm so confident in my guys.
6: Next, we're going to go to Jordan Bianchi.
3: Uh, Matt Cole came into this race 25th in points, him winning today kind of takes away one playoff spot from a driver on points. Um, You're one of those guys fighting uh, your assessment of that of where you're at.
8: Yeah. uh, I mean, it's awesome for him. He, he deserves it. Um, As far as our situation and where that puts us, I'm not uh, too terribly concerned about it um, because just because we're uh, we were I don't know where we're at in points now, but we were 12th coming into here. And we were disappointed with most of the first part of our season because we were really just, you know, working on, we were making some mistakes, working on a lot of things. And now we're getting in our groove and now we're, I mean, you know, we're disappointed if we're not in the top 10. <laughs> you know, So I uh, I think we'll just keep continuing to climb up in the points. And I really think we can be contenders all the way down uh, through it now that we're getting in a groove. You know, we had some work to do and we're building this team or needs to be. we got great people. So that's, uh, you know, good for Cole. I'm sure a relief for him, but uh, for us, I think we'll be, uh, we'll be just fine.
6: And we're going to wrap up with Mitchell Brewer.
13: Matt, you mentioned that you're pretty confident with how the season has gone so far. What are you looking at heading into the, this next part of the season for, to build on?
8: So uh, to kind of assess it, I'd say the start of the year, there has been, I could look at every racetrack we've been to every single one. And we have had a lot of car speed other than Darlington. That was the only track where I was disappointed with our race car. Um, so really, we just had to work on working together and meshing as a team because we uh, just didn't execute real well at some races, made some mistakes, you know, got we're kind of comers and goers and this and that. Now, lately, we've really gotten our communication on track. Um and, you know, work together, you have to communicate a lot during the week and stuff. It's not like we have these practice weekends. So we're having to do different things and it's really meshed. So looking forward to the rest of the season, uh, I, consistency is going to be key. And that's what we're having lately is we're having consistent runs from start to finish. Uh, we've gotten stage points in all the last six stages or something like that of these last handful of races. I mean, that just shows the strength of our
0: team moving forward for the rest of the year.
6: All right, Matt, thanks for joining us today. Congratulations on the run.
0: Alright, thank you guys. Alright, next we're going to hear from second place finisher, Martin Tricks Jr. Here's what Martin had to say.
6: Alright, here we go. We have Martin here. Uh, Martin, why don't you just take us through that uh, final restart for us quickly?
14: Uh, final restart, you know, just uh, got a good launch there and uh, tried to get, you know, four car just about had us cleared off of two and I tried to jump up in behind him and mistimed it a little bit and got into his left rear turned him down the track sideways and was able to get to his right side going into three and then, um, you know, just tried to keep the momentum up, but I, you know, he, he run me pretty high. I think obviously that, um, I think the 12 made it three wide by that point. So, um, you know, I was in the marbles just trying to get going and, um, was able to clear those two, but then obviously the 41 came with the, with the big head of steam and, you know, there was no way I was going to be able to block that. So, um, pretty wild restarts at the end, you know, unfortunate for us to uh, to lose the lead there twice with the caution coming at the wrong time, but, you know, that's uh, that's just part of the deal, how these things go, and uh, obviously proud of the run today. I mean, our auto owner's Camry was was really fast, and um, feels good to, f- you know, kind of feel like we're getting arms back around some things. So, um, proud of the effort, and, and I know some wins are coming now.
6: Awesome. All right, we will now go to Bob Popris, and a reminder to everybody else, if you have a question, please go to the participants tab <coughs> and raise your hand. Go ahead, Bob.
10: Yeah, Martin, Cole started, I think, sixth on that last restart. I mean, should we be surprised that somebody who starts sixth, I mean, has somebody who starts sixth on that restart win the race?
14: Yeah, you know, just, um, you know, he was able to keep his momentum up, obviously. And, you know, we were all tangled and battling and side by side, and three wide and all that mess. And, uh, you know, they, these things are all about momentum. So, obviously, he was just able to keep his momentum going. And, um, you know, we all kind of came together there uh, going into three you know, he was able to take advantage of it. So, um, yeah, obviously the outside is most of the time where you want to be, but you, you know, you get a green, white checker and a lot goes, you know, a lot of, a lot of crazy things can happen and guys are just uh, pushing and shoving. So yeah, he was just the right place, right time, I guess. I haven't seen it yet.
10: Yeah. I mean, like, do you have a feeling like you threw this one away or is it just, or is that just the nature of restarts with a two lap shootout? Well,
14: well, I mean, no, I definitely didn't throw it away. I mean, it was, um, You know, I didn't have the control of the restart on the last one. So, really, for me, um, you know, it was most likely probably going to run second. You know, just because of the way the restarts are here, when you're on the bottom, it's just not that good. So, um, you know, again, it was unfortunate. The way we lost the lead was, you know, just based on the timing lines and when the caution fell on those two restarts. Or, you know, on the first restart where I lost the lead. And then the second time, I just worked worked on getting to the four car i got inside him. you know i was we were side by side down the front stretch to caution falls and he gets the lead by four thousandths of a second so when you have the control of the restart on the outside it's, it's definitely the best place to be and, and he was probably going to race if i didn't screw up and get into his left rear off of two which i apologize to him for and he understands but um you know it's just uh it's the nature of these races you, it's all momentum and you got to be in the right lane on the restarts
6: next we'll go to jordan bianchi
3: Uh, kind of a follow-up Martin Uh, I heard on your radio you said you didn't know that the 41 car was coming had you known he was coming what could you have done differently and what could you have done anything differently as you were fighting the four
14: well I just cleared the four, and you know just as I got off the four and got straight the 41 was to my outside I just didn't I didn't hear him you know expect it coming I don't know that my spotter seen it coming or you know by the time he told me he was already next to me so there was no way I could even try to block but um you know at the same time i think he was he was you know he had so much momentum i don't know that i could have even blocked him anyway without just crashing us both so yeah again just um you know he had his momentum going and and we were three wide and i was in the marvels through three and four pretty much so you know not much i could have done different there
6: next we're going to go to zach sterniolo
13: martin congrats on second here uh just to be clear you said you had already uh, spoken with kevin and that uh, there was already some understanding between uh the two of you guys and what happened there
14: yeah yeah for sure i just you know like i said i tried to slide up behind him off a of two there so i didn't get freight trained and um i just clipped his left rear enough to turn him sideways so i told him you know obviously that was my bad he knew it and you know he knows kevin and i've you know race hard and clean all the time so i mean it was uh you know, just a little judgment error on my on my part. Luckily, he hung on to it, and um, you know, was able to keep rolling.
13: With as much respect as you guys have between the two of you, um, how important was it for you to find him after the race and make sure that that was understood before you left the racetrack?
14: Uh, I think it's always important, you know, to get it out of the way quickly. Obviously, um, you know, I know Kevin well. We've raced together a long time. I have you know, a tremendous amount of respect for him and like I said, typically we race, you know, we don't have any issues. And I just, um, you know, I just misjudged getting in behind him. So I felt, I felt bad about that. I think, um, you know, I probably took away his chance to win the race. So I just wanted him, him and Rodney and his guys to know that, Hey, that was on me. It's not bad. And, um, you know, can't go back and, and change it now, but uh, definitely, you know, was sorry that I did it.
6: All right, Martin, that is the end of our questions. Thanks for joining us and We'll see you, in, see you at the Bristol All-Star Race.
14: See y'all. Thanks.
0: All right, next up, we're going to hear from race-winning crew chief Mike Shiplett. Here's what Mike had to say.
6: And next, we are joined by our race-winning crew chief, Mike Shiplett, with the number 41, stewart Haas Ford. Uh, Mike, why don't you just take us quickly through uh, what you saw atop the pit box there as Cole came down to take the checkered flag?
13: You know, he went on the third groove up there and made some moves, got up to six from 12. And we were talking about just getting everything ready to go. And so if you do that again, you got a real good shot at it. And it it worked out great. Cole did an excellent job. Pit crew did a great job all day. The Haas tooling for Mustang was good all day. You know, we uh, played a little gamble to try to get some uh, stage points there for the second stage. And then that, that caution coming out, it kind of uh, put everybody in a little different position. So then that put us... Uh, good for the longer run to try to stay out and uh, catch a caution. And then yellow came out uh, one lap after we pitted. So we had to take the wave around and get back, but he battled all day. Um, Everybody did a real good job and I'm very proud of this team.
6: Awesome. Well, congratulations. And we're going to open it up to questions. We'll start with Bob Packers.
10: Yeah, Mike, how much do you think the experience of winning in the Xfinity series and having won several times Gave him some confidence and moves he can make today.
13: Well, I mean, he has a lot of confidence here. He won here a year ago at this race. Um, We we got him a car that he could drive and he was happy with. We had the right amount of downforce for the track conditions. And we we kept him in position uh, for most of the day. And he was there at the end. I mean, he knows what it takes to get out front and, and lead races to put himself there. So everything just worked perfectly. And he had the opportunity today to get it done.
11: Next, we'll go to Lee Spencer. Congratulations, Shep! Hell of a job. Thank you, Lee. Um, just curious, it, it's been a really challenging season for you guys, especially for a rookie. No practice, no qualifying, just kind of going out there blindly. How how difficult has that been for Cole, and how much has it helped the fact that you guys have really built your relationship up over the last couple of years? And, and uh, I'll wait for your response.
13: Um, I think it helped a lot with, uh, with Davin, our, my engineer, my lead engineer and myself with working with Cole and coming to the cup side together. Cause we kind of knew what he needed at certain places and our simulation program is really good. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the simulator with Cole. He does a lot of stuff for the whole team and we just kept building, you know, our goal was just to keep building every week and, just trying to put ourselves in position to get top 10 top five finishes and today was just uh, the perfect everything lined up perfectly and we had our shot and we took advantage of it
11: and you know i've I've known cole ever since he started running in nascar and he was brutally shy when he first got into the sport how have you seen him blossom over the last few years
13: oh i mean he uh he does everything he needs to do he was shy um he talks a lot more, he, he's he's vocal in meetings, uh, he tells us what we need in the car, you know, so everything is just moving along great and we'll just keep moving forward.
6: Next, we'll go to Jim Utter.
12: Congrats, Mike. Uh, the last two weeks, obviously, Cole has seemed to feel the most comfortable uh, in the car and has gotten his two best career finishes, including today's win. Can you point to anything in particular of the last two weeks that you felt uh, has gone especially well for you guys or for Cole and in maybe different than earlier in the season?
13: Well, I think earlier in the season, we were still trying to understand what he needed in these cars with Pocono being, you know, back-to-back races. it, It gave us the opportunity to almost have a practice on Saturday. And then we made adjustments. We had a much better car on Sunday it's just the way the yellows fell on that race. We we should have been like a 10th to 12th pace car in the second Pocono. And then Indy, um, same tire, similar track, similar setups. You know, it was just one step to the next progression, and we had a good finish there. And with the mile and a half, you know, we went back to Charlotte. We had tried a lot of things at Charlotte um, that we were going to put all together when we came to our next mile and a half. And this is the next mile and a half that we came to. So everything we've been working on our downforce and and what we need for the handling of the car and we just we put it all together and we gave our our best shot.
12: And uh, no open for you guys on Wednesday, straight to the All Star race with the glowing lights. What will this mean? What does this opportunity mean for this team?
13: I, I think it's a great for the 41 team for all our sponsors. I mean, everybody puts in so much effort, and to know that we're already in the race, we're we're in the first round of the playoffs. Now we just gotta try to get some bonus points and make it past the first round of the playoffs.
6: Next, we're gonna to go to Stephen Conley.
7: Mike, uh, now that you guys are into the playoffs, um, does your preparation change over the final couple of races before the start of the playoffs, or are you guys, as you mentioned, kind of just going to be looking for the stage points? Or what do you guys do as far as the cars?
13: You're gonna be testing. What uh, what's the plan? Well, I mean, uh, obviously, there's 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 a lot we can do and we'll have to sit down, um, this week and, uh, make a plan on what we're going to do there. You know, we have Kansas coming up, Texas coming up, both of those are later off and later in the playoffs, you know, our main concern would be the first race first three races in the playoffs. So we'll have to sit down and figure that out and, uh, see what we can learn. I don't think there's maybe loud we can learn a little bit for, uh, Richmond and, uh, well, we have Bristol for the all-star race. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of good things, and we're moving forward, and I'm, I couldn't be more pleased right now.
6: And next we'll go to Dustin Albino.
3: Yeah, Mike, congrats on the win. Um, between trucks and Xfinity, you got 25 wins as a crew chief. For you personally, how much does it mean to finally get a victory in Cup after 138 starts?
13: Uh, it means a lot. I spent a long time trying to get here, and we finally got here, and then that puts me uh, at a win in every of the three major series, so I'm pretty proud of that.
6: And we're going to wrap up with Gavin with Speedway Media.
13: All right, congrats on the win there. And when it came to coming into this race, I'm sure I think a lot of people, I would say, slept on you guys. But what what do you think clicked with this race car today that brought this car to victory lane? It's just uh, he had a really good feel of the car. He was able to drive it deep down into the corner, and it was still able to turn. You know, it's just a balancing. You've got to get everything right between the setup, the weather, the track the PJ one that they put down, um, how long tires are going to last, not last. I mean, we just, we put everything together and we were there to make a challenge for it at the end and it worked out.
6: All right, Mike. Well, congratulations on the win. Thanks for joining us and I uh, have fun on Wednesday at Bristol. All
0: right. Thank you. All right. Our final interview today is race winner, Cole Custer. Here's what Cole had to say.
6: And here we go. We are now joined by the winner of today's Quaker state 400 here at Kentucky Speedway. Cole Custer, who just got his first career NASCAR Cup Series win. Uh, Cole, why don't you just uh, take us through that final restart and your win for us?
9: Man, so, uh, I mean, honestly, I just knew I had to get to the top, and I knew I didn't want to get put three wide. Um, My spotter, Andy Houston, did a great job of making sure, you know, he kept me in the right spots and everything. And uh, it just – those few restarts before, I had gone to the top before, and it just worked out really good. And you're able to keep so much momentum up, so – um, I was like, I just got to get to the top here and we'll see what happens. And the four and the 19 got together and it kind of opened a door for me to get a lot of momentum on them. And uh, just it played into our favor. So and I mean, we just had an unbelievable car all day. Um, I mean, honestly, I that was the best car. I think I've driven in a long time. Um, it's just, you know, we kind of mired in traffic the whole day, starting in the back. So um, once we got to the front, you just got to take advantage of it.
6: Awesome. Well, we're going to open up to questions for you, Cole. We are going to start with Bob Popper's.
10: Yeah, Cole, when you look back on your career, the last couple of years, is there a moment that you feel like gave you the confidence to or feel like gave you the confidence to know that you could make this move and win this race?
9: Oh man. I mean, it just goes down to any, you know, probably the truck series, honestly. I mean, I think, you know, our restarts are very similar to the truck series You know, you just got to keep momentum up. You got to try and make three wide moves. Um, and I think that's just what you kind of got to base it off of. But overall I mean it's a combination of everything everything that you've learned throughout your career of trying to time the restarts right trying to get momentum on people and get to their outside and just uh you know you get, once you're up front you got to take advantage of it and I think we did that today it's just uh it's just unbelievable I mean I, I just came into this race you know hoping to get a solid finish and get us pointed in the right direction going towards the playoffs and to come out of it winning is just uh unimaginable
6: next we'll go to Jordan Bianchi
3: Cole, the, the easy narrative is that this was a surprise and came out of nowhere, but if you look at the results lately, your, your speed, you guys have been pretty good lately coming off a top five last week at in Indianapolis. Are you really all that surprised that this came now, this soon?
9: I'm surprised. Yes. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Was, uh, you know, we have definitely done a lot better job these last few weeks. Uh, we've started putting the whole picture together um, and trying to, you know you gotta just have the whole thing working together whether it's pit stops and restarts or me doing my job or having the car perfectly right and when you're just a little bit off in this series you're gonna pay for it big time so you can't be off in one area too much so it's just you gotta perfect all those areas and work at it and it's you know a lot of days of when your eyes are sore trying to look at film and trying to figure everything out but it's it's just trying to put the whole picture together and I think We still have ways to go. We still have things that we can do a lot better for sure. But uh, I think we're to the point now where we can race with these guys and we can uh, take advantage of it when we're near the front.
6: Next, we're going to go to Jim Utter.
12: Congrats, Cole. Uh, Sort of along those lines, um, has it been any more difficult so far this year with the special circumstances of not having practice or qualifying and basically uh, you having to sort of learn just from race to race experience.
9: Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't want to make too, too many excuses or anything. I mean, I think there's things that I could have done a lot better. I mean, honestly, during, in these races, but at the same time, like you said, with no practice and no qualifying and uh, you don't get the test. I mean, it's kind of, you don't know what to expect as a rookie. So you're kind of going in there with some ideas of what to expect, but until you get a real feel for the car, I mean, you're just kind of guessing, I mean, really. So, I mean, you can look at as much data or as much film as you want, but when you, don't, when you don't have the feel for it or what these guys are actually doing when they're out there, it's, uh, it's kind of tough. But uh, I think it's just a matter of once you get a feel for the cars, you're able to, to adapt during the races a lot better.
12: And uh, not only did you get to qualify with your win today, but you get to skip the Open and go straight to the main event on Wednesday night. Uh, you mentioned it on television, but what kind of opportunity is that for you and this
9: team? Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I was uh, – kind of nervous going into Bristol. I mean, trying to make it into the all-star race, you know, it's not easy. I mean, there's a lot of good guys that are probably n- not going to make the race. So um, to be in the all-star right now, race right now takes a lot of stress off and who knows, maybe we go win the million dollars. I mean, I thought we were pretty solid at Bristol before we ended up getting wrecked, but um, we always obviously have a lot of confidence now in what we're doing. So just got to keep it going.
11: Next we'll go to Lee Spencer. Congratulations, neighbor. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, just kind of curious, you know, Kevin Harvick has been a, a huge help to you and I'm not taking anything away about what you've been able to accomplish, but how much has it helped to have him mentor you particularly since you've lost all opportunity to test and in, in practice this season?
9: Um, he's been huge. I mean, even in Xfinity, I pretty much talked to him, especially my rookie year, every single race, trying to get an idea of what to expect and uh, what, you know, things he's looking for going into it and things like that. And it just kind of gives you a, a basic idea of the big picture of what you want to do going into the race, I guess. And uh, even the days like today where the track is, you know, you don't know what to expect. And it's kind of kind of just a guessing game and you call him and he's like, yeah, I don't really know what to expect either. <laughs> but uh, it kind of gives you at least confidence that we're all kind of confused. So um, I don't think anybody really knows exactly what they're doing. But I think Kevin's obviously one of one of the best out there and he, he knows better than anybody what he wants to do when he gets to the track and being able to talk to him and all my teammates at SHR has been a huge help.
6: Next, we're going to go to Kelly Crandall. Thank you. Hey, Cole, congratulations.
5: Two things. First off, on that final restart, when you get to the outside in turns one and two, what are you thinking going on the backstretch as the seas start to part? Essentially, you have the momentum for coming to the white flag and I have a follow-up.
9: Uh, I just wanted to start yelling, honestly, but uh, – I was like, man, I can't – I got to wait till I get to the start finish line because I'll jinx this thing. So, um, at that point, I kind of knew I had it. I mean, I thought I had it, but it was just – like any racers I think were a little bit superstitious, so you got to wait to the end.
5: And then my second question being, you kind of talked the other day about what an adjustment it's been coming to the Cup Series. Can you talk more on adjusting to this package, the Arrow package, because it is different than what you had been running the last couple years in Xfinity and how much you've had to learn – momentum and what this car can
9: do yeah i mean they just uh the handling and how they are in traffic is completely different a lot harder um not ideal but it's uh definitely you know it's just you have completely different throttle from when you're in clean air to where you're in dirty air and how you want to work the throttle and there's so many competitive cars you know how you want to you know, keep your momentum up and you want to make sure that you don't get freight trained. And it's just, uh, you make one bad mistake and five guys are blowing past you. So it's just, you got to get all those things working together. And if you don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's a long day. So it's just trying to figure out all those things of how to keep momentum up and how to work traffic the best.
6: Next, we'll go to Steven Conley.
9: Congratulations on the win, Cole.
7: Um, I've got to ask 2009 was the last time a rookie had gone to victory lane. What does it mean to you to be able to one be the one that breaks that streak and also be the first of what was last year's big three, uh, from the Xfinity series to get to victory lane?
9: Uh, I just, I mean, pretty thankful. I mean, I think, uh, I'm with an amazing team that stood behind me. I mean, we had some pretty tough races, um, some really tough races. (laughs) I mean, it was, uh, Definitely a learning experience at some of them, but I think we've we've grown from that, and we've we've just dug deep into what you know we want to how you can get better every single race, and um, it's just unbelievable to be in this situation right now. And you know, coming into this, you're just trying to gain respect and trying to fit in almost, and trying to kind of uh, just earn the respect of your guys around you, and you know, the drivers out there, and to come out of this with a win. I mean, it's just unimaginable.
7: And you were one when, uh, when your boss won the Rookie of the Year back in two, uh, 1999. Have you talked to Tony yet, and what
9: did he have to say? I haven't talked to him yet. I mean, obviously, uh, everything goes pretty fast here. I'm sure I'll talk to him, but um, he's, just, he's been unbelievable also. I mean, to have somebody like that, that I grew up watching on TV uh, as your owner and as somebody that, uh, that is just – I mean, to have somebody like that that can give you confidence before a race or pump you up or uh, have somebody behind you is, is just unbelievable.
6: Uh, next, we're going to go to Aaron Bearden.
1: Hey,
14: uh, hey Cole, man, congratulations. Uh, you entered today 25th in the points. Now you're locked into the playoffs with that win. What does this do for you in terms of your season, and does it change the way you approach these next nine weeks building up for the playoffs? It
9: takes a lot of stress off. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it was definitely really stressful, you know, trying to get our – you know, we kind of dug ourselves in a hole a little bit, not from wrecking cars or anything, but just – from inexperience. I mean, just not knowing what to expect going into the races, not having a feel for the cars. And just, um, I think we have started to put it, the, the whole picture more to kind of together during the races, but it's a matter of, uh, I think we've, we've at least gotten to the point now where we can take advantage of things when we're near the front. And, uh, it just, it definitely takes a lot of stress off going into, into the rest of the year. And we can kind of get the monkey off our back and just kind of focus on what's ahead and not second guess ourselves.
6: Next, we're going to go to Zach Scarniola.
13: Uh, Someone actually kind of uh, brought up the stat about you being the first rookie to win in a long time here. First, uh, as long as my research checks out here, uh, first rookie to win a non-weather shortened race since Montoya at Sonoma in 2007. Uh, How critical is this for your confidence in this series and and kind of reassuring yourself that um, not only can you compete in this series, but uh, win races here?
9: Um, It's huge. I mean, honestly, you come into this deal and you think, you know, all these guys you've watched on TV for years, you see all the the big headlines and everything of when you're growing up. And, you know, these guys are like gods to you, but at the end of the day, everybody's the same, same kind of person. Everybody's just a regular person and you kind of get used to that. And I think uh, nobody has life all under, understood or racing all understood. It's kind of just trying to do your best and trying to figure out and manage the best you can going into the weekend. And um, it just gives you a lot of confidence that, you know, you can do it and you can go out there and compete with these guys.
6: And next we'll go to Jeff Maglioschetti.
5: Hi, Cole. Congratulations on the win today. How did it feel to not only get your first win, but to help Mike, your crew chief, get his first win at the cup level as well, especially considering all you guys have gone through at the Xfinity level?
9: It's uh, it's unbelievable. And I think Mike, uh, I-, I think as a crew chief, he's just unbelievable. I mean, I think – He's extremely smart. He can honestly relate to a driver a lot. I think, uh, especially a rookie driver, I think he always has your back. He always um, is calm and he can honestly help you when he looks at the car and, you know, says like, and I got to look at myself too when he's critiquing me, I guess. But you got to, you know, I'm able to listen to him and he actually makes sense, you know, even though he's not driving the thing. So uh, he just has a really good understanding. And I think, you know, us and our engineer, Davin, he's a huge part of it. Um, you know, Mike and Davin have worked together for the last five or six years, I think, um, in the Xfinity Series as as Davin, the lead engineer. And I think they just have a great understanding. I mean, of you know, Mike, you know, is kind of big picture leading the ship and Davin's really good at setting up the cars and finding speed. And I think the combination of the three of us is definitely we've gotten in a good rhythm of trying to figure out what we want to bring to the racetrack and making sure every box is checked and not uh, leaving any stone unturned.
6: Next, we're going to go to Casey Campbell.
4: Hey, Colt. Uh, congrats on the win, man. Um, I want to ask you about, you know, so far this season, you've you've won at every level. How has the Cup Series been for you so far this year? And what have, what's the biggest thing you think you've learned throughout these first few races?
9: Honestly, I mean, just how you work traffic. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, these cars are so hard to work traffic in you got to kind of figure out really good how to manage, you know, being on the bottom of someone well to keep your momentum up, how to manage dirty air the best you can and how on restarts to kind of get in front of the dirty air and how to, you know, keep your, just how to keep your momentum up in traffic. I mean, that's the whole deal. Uh, And it's not easy because the dirty air is so bad and it's uh, just a matter of sometimes it's circumstantial, but um, I think it's just, you got to take advantage of it when those opportunities arise that are good.
4: Your thoughts on the choose cone. I don't
9: know. <laughs> it's, it should be all right, I guess. I mean, it, sh- it should be interesting. It's going to put the drivers in the more in the hands, you know, where we can kind of make decisions, and I think it's going to make it a little interesting, especially at tracks where you have really one dominant lane. Um, but who knows going into that one? I mean, it's going to be trying to figure out, um, you know, how much risk you want to take, I guess. You know, I mean, which lane's been really good? How even are they? And it's going to change throughout the race, you know, which lane you want to take.
6: And uh, we're going to wrap up with our last question from Sterling Siemens.
0: First of all, uh, Cole, congrats on the win today. Um, The question I'm going to ask is, now with this win that you have, you're locked into the all-star race this Wednesday at Bristol. Um, I mean, you'll be racing alongside basically the best in the sport right now. Uh, Does this win uh, and you now being in the all-star race automatically change the way that you and your team approaches the race at Bristol on Wednesday?
9: Uh, it takes a lot of stress off. Honestly, I mean, I think it's just a matter of uh, now we can go in there and you know just race hard. And I think you know we understand that those the five the 750 package is pretty close to what the Xfinity cars were, so we have a better more confidence going into those races, you know, and what we do and you know how I drive the cars and things like that. So um, this win definitely gives you the idea of that you can compete with these guys and that you can go out there and race with them and it's uh there's still things that you got to make sure that you do right going into the weekend and you can't just get lazy but it's just a matter of you can bring some confidence into it now and not second guess yourself
6: all right cool well thanks for joining us today congratulations and i uh, have a lot of fun at bristol on wednesday night
9: i appreciate it hopefully i make it there <laughs> all right thanks Cole. All right,
0: that was race winner Cole Custer. Very impressive win here. One of the most impressive things for some of these first-year drivers is the fact that they are able to excel with no practice or qualifying sessions. Now, leaving Kentucky, Kevin Harvick holds an 88-point lead over Brad Keselowski in the championship standings as the series heads to Texas Motor Speedway on July 19th for the next points race. The series will compete in the Expedition All-Star Race at Bristol Motor Speedway this Wednesday. Now that about wraps up today's SmackCast edition. Be sure and check back here on tracksmackradio.com later this week as Don Hall and I will give you a preview of the All-Star Race at Bristol Motor Speedway along with the race coming up at Texas Motor Speedway. Hope everybody has a great week. We'll see you back later in the week. Have a good week. Thank you for tuning in to TrackSmack, SmackCast. Check out more at tracksmackradio.com.
14: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.